Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for October 16th, 2022 in year C, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, proper 24. Very proper. So proper. 24 uh, words. Unlike the October 17th, which is improper. No, never mind. <laughs> and we're coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Now, Bruce, how are you today? I'm fine. Very good. Very good. Are you full? I am full. Uh, delicious barbecue at our stewardship lunches. Yes, yes. Our our, our stewardship slash Thanksgiving luncheon yeah. slash um, appreciation for what you do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, if anyone if anyone uh, was not able to attend that, there's information uh, on the website. But it's our it's our uh, it's our annual uh, um, um, season of of discussion about how we fund this church and and thank people for. Uh, giving not only money but also uh, uh, tons and tons of time, lots of uh, volunteer hours, um, and for other people, not myself, talent. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, we, we we are giving thanks for that and kind of uh, taking stock of uh, what all we 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 have for next year, mm-hmm. uh, and that includes things like uh, interests in different ministries. Right. Uh, right now, uh, as we're recording, I'm up. Uploading very very slowly uh, a a <laughs> copy of the, uh, the the video that we did to highlight one of those uh, such ministries, which I, I think uh, ended up pretty well, and uh, and and so yeah, lots of good information uh, about that on our website. Let me see. Actually, while this is uploading, I think I saved it. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested uh, and you have a pen and scratch paper nearby, <laughs> uh, you can find out a little bit more uh, at tinyurl.com slash hfec ministry match uh was uh, the the website that uh that that bob uh, pointed us to uh bob uh, murray pointed us to during our 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 luncheon and um but also links to everything on hfec mm-hmm. uh, org. um so uh lots going on there uh, what what else do we have going on uh, within the parish, anything we want to highlight? Well, for women of Holy Family on Saturday, the bishop will be here for the diocesan meeting for women that particularly are involved in the Daughters of the King Guild, um, which is an international guild, but anyone can come. It just will be less obvious if you're female. <laughs> yeah. Then you can easily pass. Uh, but anyway, that's Saturday. Mm-hmm. And... Then we have uh, next week more events. This week is kind of a slow one, I think, because we worked so hard on today's luncheon and stuff that Mm -hmm. we're sort of catching up uh, literally on cleaning so we look good for the bishop (laughs) Yeah, some other things. Oh, but I'm sorry, book group Mm -hmm. is this week, Wednesday at 1. Okay. Oh, Wednesday. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah, lots of lots of uh, opportunities coming up. Fall mm-hmm. is looking like it's right around the corner. We're currently I think it's here. Well, <laughs> it, it, currently I feel like we're in that uh, traditional cycle of like it was warm and we go through this like oh, three week okay. cold spell and then we'll get like a yeah it's supposed a, to be a in the weird oddly warm spell again and then it'll be cold and then it'll it'll probably stay that way. It's okay. usually the way it see and being from California. All of that is fall. <laughs> and the weirdly cold part is, ooh, the low is in the 50s. Rather, the low is in the 30s. Like yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so, uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's starting to feel fall-like. And, Beautiful um, trees out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Halloween is, is, is close around the yeah. corner. We've got the, a, a thing going on for that. We've got a trunk or treat. treat in, uh, though, you got to bring your own trunk because it's in the parish hall. Right. Right, right. Of course, well, that's, has, that's what even you, with cars, no one has. That's what you anymore. fill. You, you bring an old, old-fashioned like steam trunk uh, to fill all your to fill with candy. Yeah, we are. There you go. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, Got to be uh, careful, no one slams a chet. It's like, <laughs> it's like a finger guillotine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that is also coming up. Uh, our our this day in church history feels almost like Halloween <laughs> tales, actually. <laughs> Tales uh, from the Crypt. No, uh, oh, literally. Um, <laughs> so let's go through them. There's actually, it's actually shorter than normal. Um, uh, but uh, let's go through them. And in you know, 1009 AD, Caliph Al Hakim bi Amar Allah destroys the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, hacking out the church's foundations down to the bedrock. Wow. Yeah. I've been there. It's a cool church. I didn't realize that the, the destruction was that recent. Mm. Just one of those things, you, you know. Yeah, you think, think it was ages ago, yeah, right? Like, like, like before Christ, maybe even. Uh, but well, no, because it's a it's church. A, <laughs> well, it's, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I, yeah, I, but of course that's when the Ottoman Empire was doing its thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. 1311, a general council of the church opens in Vienna. Uh, its opening had been delayed waiting for uh, Knights Templars to arrive, but they were already under arrest. <laughs> so uh, a little bit delayed, you know, because of the arresting. Uh, <laughs> oh, start without us. Ow! <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 1555, English reformers Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer Burned at the stake uh, under the government of Queen Mary. That's why we had barbecue today. Oh. No, it's not. No. Oh, no. It's tacky. Uh, 1790, we see the death of Daniel Roland, a wealth evangelic, an evangelist. Sorry. I started oh, over those. Did you try to say a Welsh evangelist? Welsh. Okay. Yes. Welsh evangelist. In what year? Uh, 1790. Daniel uh, Roland. I wonder what he did wrong. <laughs> that, right? Uh, it's probably... Is in line. These are all terrible. Uh, <laughs> except, well, except the last one. 1861, after four days of torture, uh, Zhe Jingzhuang, uh, an elderly Chinese Christian in Bolio, is ordered to renounce Christianity. When he refuses, he is killed, and his body is thrown into a river, the first known Protestant martyr in, in uh, China. China? Uh, hmm. And then uh, the, uh, the last one, also involving death, but not... <laughs> nearly as gruesome. 1888, uh, the death of Horatio Gates uh, Spayford, who penned the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Well, that is a nice hymn. Yeah, that's a very nice hymn. And he uh, got to go by natural causes? Yes. <laughs> Doesn't say anything horrific in here. But anyway, that's all that's happened so, uh, in church history on this day. Not really much to, I mean... Thanks for the hymn and yeah. everything else. <laughs> Sorry. You're awful. <laughs> you have our sympathy. Yes, seriously. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh, – um, I don't know if uh, – 
October 17th is like drastically better if that's where all the good stories are or what, but there, it was a, and I read them all. Like there were no other options. Yeah. I mean, and on any given day throughout the world, there's gotta be a lot of stuff happening in Christianity. So Mm -hmm. I'm always wondering about the editorial decisions of yeah, no, that's too good. Can't put that. Oh, there's a good martyr down there. Yeah. That'll get some clicks. Yeah, right. <laughs> good clickbait church history. Oh, man. Uh, what have we become? <laughs> um, well, let's go to our uh, let's go to our uh, readings then for for today. Yes, uh, let's move on over there. Uh, our first reading is from the book of Genesis, uh, chapter thirty-two, verse twenty-two through thirty-one. The same night he got up and he took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God's face to I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Um this story's weird. Yes. Um, now, first, we start off in kind of an odd editorial spot because we're like, he's doing this. And you're like, who? Who? Whom's, whom is the point of this story? Um, and uh, and But it turns out it's Jacob. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What's leading up to this story? Uh, the... Oh. <laughs> A lot of wandering around. <laughs> wandering around. Okay. Because, all right. So he's wandering around. He gathers up his, his family. Uh, and Well, cr- okay. I say he's wandering around. He's actually basically in a running battle with his brother. Okay. Which one of his strategies is to wander around. Gotcha. Rather than build a permanent settlement that his brother could eventually overwhelm. Gotcha. Okay. So he's he's... He's on the run. He he is on the run to the extent that he, just before this, what we get here, he even divides his company in two to... Oh, that way if one is, is ambushed, the other yeah. survives. Got it. Though at this point, I think more he's thinking there's only a 50-50 chance that I'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> more than my DNA will survive. Right. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um... Yeah, so they cross this river, the Jabbok, uh, and then, not sure why, but Jacob is alone. That's not having anything to do with his dividing of his company. No. Uh, just cross a river and stand by yourself for a little bit. <laughs> 
and then some rando dude comes up and just starts wrestling with him. Which, what kind of life is this man leading? Like, this is this sounds like what like a drunken escapade and like <laughs> Bourbon Street, maybe. Like, I don't know who this dude was, but we just started fighting. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, what is going on here? I mean, well, this this is considered one of the real ancient stories mm-hmm. that is so old that everyone agrees this is the story, even though we don't understand it anymore. And then you and I are reading it a couple, you know, hundreds of years after that agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably when that agreement was made, people didn't really know what was going on. Okay. That was just, hey, this is what my grandpa said, and we can't change it. Um, yeah, it's it's nuts. <laughs> but it's also, it it falls into the category of stories from the Middle East of, uh, and really the Mediterranean, of folks wrestling with gods. Right. And it's almost like, well, we need one of those stories. Uh, here you go. <laughs> Um, and it's, you can see different editorial fingers at work here where there are times where the, the context seems to be that this guy's wrestling with God Mm. and at other times, other sentences, it's wrestling with an angel. Gotcha. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, um, context that says he's wrestling with a night spirit which was one of the most ancient constructs of the supernatural. Not, ne- not necessarily evil, just at night, weird stuff's out there. Hmm. Uh, okay. So that that's wrapped into here. Well, he, we know he wasn't wrestling The Rock. That's about the uh, only innocent... And the only reason I know that is because uh, when the man asks what your name is, his response wasn't, the, the rock didn't interrupt him and said, say, it doesn't matter what your name is for those, for anybody out there uh, who followed wrestling back in the uh, oh. late nineties and got a chuckle out of that. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, I, I knew there was more to this. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen that? It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> no. Okay. Just me. Pro- right. Probably only while channel surfing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just just to to pile on the oddity yeah, the, yeah he's wrestling with a man who then they like stop wrestling because it's gonna be day so that's, that, that that's, does that's that, the night spirit yeah that that, that does and feed into that a, night spirit like a vampire but not evil gotcha where if the sun hits it it's destroyed gotcha so which also makes us say it's not an angel it's not god because those have been out in daylight yeah and so this man spirit is like hey by the way what's your name <laughs> Wait, what? If you want to survive, I'll, you know, I'll bless you. Uh, uh, tell me your name. And he tells him his name. And then he wants to know, hey, uh, Night Spirit, what's your name? And he's like, uh, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> what does it matter? What does it matter? Um, I I don't know. It's just, it's so odd. It's so weird. Well, and the... You may we haven't talked about it for a long time, but there's that ancient belief that if you know someone's name, you have power over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so even though they they've wrestled to this stalemate, Jacob slash Israel is not going to prevail. 
because the because Jacob slash Israel is not going to go the, know the name of the opponent. Gotcha. Is it possible? Is it possible that Jacob just injured himself doing something dumb <laughs> and made up this story to explain why he now walks with a limp? He got to that age where you like reach for something on the shelf and you went, oh. <laughs> And you don't want to tell that story because that story's dumb and it makes you look feeble. So you go, no, no, no. I wrestled with, I'm going to imply I wrestled with God. And he threw my hip out of joint because he's a cheater. <laughs> but he is God. So I give him my name and he wouldn't give me my name, his name, which is why, you know, because he's God. Because he's God, you know. Uh, and, uh, but anyway, that's why I, I walk with a limp is because, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and by the way, you call me Israel now. Right, right. By the way, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, maybe less likely, but you know, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Um, <laughs> well, and, okay, and the the verse that is not part of the reading that at the very that follows the end of what we do have mm -hmm. limping because of his hip. That the verse that we don't have. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket because he struck Jacob on his hip socket. At the thigh muscle. What? <laughs> as far as last I, I knew, I don't think the Israelites ate any human thigh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, it, was that? Was that really a, like? Was that legitimately a culinary thing for the Israelites of like? No, no thighs like the the from the chicken or something. The, yeah, thigh of a chicken, thigh of a hen, thigh of a. Not that I know I mean, of. Yeah, that that doesn't. I mean, it didn't carry over into as far as I know, carry over into modern. Yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't exist in modern kosher rules. Uh -huh. It doesn't. It's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. So. This is the one place that. So then one assumes that like people heard these stories and they're like, "Wait, we don't." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that was a great stew last yeah. night. I eat thighs all the time. <laughs> okay. Don't tell Grandma before we, <laughs> before we go any further. Yes. I okay. Send the children out of the room. Okay. We're awake. Okay. Hip uh -huh. can mean also. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's the ultimate. This is a story made up to. He strained his groin muscle. At best. <laughs> well, we don't need that. <laughs> right. I suppose that's true. <laughs> I mean, that could be one of those like. Well, thank God that happened. <laughs> Goodness. God let us off the hook. But yeah, it, it was the ultimate cheater move. Well, uh, yeah, but, it still is. <laughs> yeah, it still is. And no, hit, no hitting below the belt. Long ago, it was cleaned up, but was left ambiguous enough so that those who are old enough to know would know. Gotcha. If they were fluent in Hebrew. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Uh, 
Speaking of fluent in Hebrew makes me actually think of a, the, the well of uh, um, naming conventions that are that are referenced here, actually, in, yeah. in, in uh, this story. So th- we, we have a few to go through um, uh, as far as as far as names go. Uh, the, the Jabbok, if I'm pronouncing that right, was legitimately a river, not really important to the story. Uh, uh I'm trying to remember what Jacob's name means. Um, Because don't they go into that in the story of Isaac? Yeah. You shall call him Jacob. And then it's like the meaning of that name. And the meaning of names in in Hebrew culture was very important. Uh, A lot of times places were named something uh, because of, uh, of an occurrence, which is what we have here. Uh, and sometimes people are named some, uh, something because of uh, uh, another uh, storyline. I forget what Jacob's name means. Um, actually, here. If only I had a computer. Uh, <laughs> let's pull it up. Um, oh, supplanter. I was just going to say, I think it's supplanter. Yeah, yeah, or to follow at the heel. Interesting. Neither one of which is terribly complimentary. Comes from the verb abak, uh, which is Hebrew, and is very similar to the name of the river. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. In this story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then they then... so it, it tells you, okay, the name of Jacob's going to be really important sometime soon, and there it is. When it's like, yep, you don't deserve that name anymore. You get a good one. Right. Um, uh, and then uh, his name is changed to Israel, mm-hmm. um, which there's there's a there, there's a lot of you know uh, there's a lot of information about that name. Right. I'm, as I'm even as I'm looking at it here, there's tons of translation meanings it depends on how far you break down the word and 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 everything yisrael um uh, can mean fighter of god triumphant with god um one who strives one with who, god yeah lots lots of lots of meanings there so he gets named uh because of this way because of the story uh he calls the name of the place peniel uh or peniel i, I i'm sure i've missed yeah that's that. probably um, and I'm not sure what that meaning is. Basically, it, it's face of L, which, which is L is God. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the face. So the, that's where he. That's where he encountered the face of God. And then, though, it's a Canaanite term for God. Oh, okay. Rather than straight Hebrew. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, and then I noticed that he called the place Peniel. And then the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, which is a different place. So as I was reading it, uh, uh, if you're not looking at the words, you would it would probably sound very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. Um, uh, I'm not sure what it, if that's a, my, another place or if that's my translation implies that's the same word, just kind of sloppy. Oh, it is also called Peniel. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Why do we have the two writings, the, the two versions of it then in this reading? Any idea? 
I'm sorry, I laughed at the ad that came up. <laughs> in my For thigh meat? <laughs> Fortunately, no. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Pen- Penwell, uh, face, meaning face of God, a place not, uh, not far from Succoth, which is uh, 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 earlier in the story, if I remember right, because uh, uh, Bible Bowl days, years back, Genesis was one of our books, so I yeah. do remember this. Um uh, on the east of the Jordan and north of the River Jabbok, also called Peniel, uh, which is where he wrestled. It's interesting, though. I'm I am curious why the translators used the two different versions. I wonder if like one's Hebrew and one's Canaanite, or oh, that's possible. Uh, and they just use them both to draw in both to connect with both crowds, or what? Well, I don't know necessarily connect with both crowds but to to let people to remind people that this is that transition time Mm. of going from canaanite to um israel's conquering of the canaanite land Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay there it is Interesting. So, how do we reconcile? Oh, okay. And it means facing God. Facing God. Okay. And according to the Hebrew dictionary, it's the same word. Huh. Just two different ways of doing it in English. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, how do we? How do we reconcile this story? In that, as you pointed out, in one. As, as we're talking about like night spirit uh, mm-hmm. kind, kind of a thing, there's a very different is, – is there not a, a societal differentiation between a night spirit and God? Would, could God then – you know, come in that form. Was that a, was that a thought? Uh, like I, I'm, I'm not, there's no connective tissue to the, for, for me as a modern reader, not even thigh, not, not even a connective <laughs> thigh tissue, uh, that, that connects like this idea of like, Oh, wrestled with a, a spirit of some sort. And then facing God, like, I, I well, wouldn't, I wouldn't think one of the thoughts is, that this is a, a restating of a Canaanite legend oh. of one of their heroes conquering a night spirit. Mm. And it's like, yeah, we're going to one-up that by having our hero actually be able to strive with God mm-hmm. and live to tell about it. Since Interesting. One of the ancient traditions was if you get that close to a divine being, you're dead. Mm. Um, it's, you know, there's no escape. Gotcha. Um, and so it's like, neener, neener. So this is like the mother of all night spirits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, Which, your guy faced a, a teeny weeny one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and it, it's transforming the very meaning of night spirit. Mm. Okay. Okay, maybe maybe be a, a beginning the long-standing tradition of of absorbing surrounding culture. Oh, yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah, and, um, and and really, it's saying, yeah, God could be a night spirit if God wants to. An angel could be a night spirit. Right. 
It's God. They ain't that special. (laughs) Those night spirits. God could be anything God wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. So take that. There you go. Uh, Anything else about this weird story? (laughs) Well, we haven't even gotten into the bigamy. (laughs) I mean, that. Okay, you're just used to it. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, is it not? I mean, it's it's like uh, it's it's the. In a way, it's the equivalent of of uh, uh, slavery in the Bible. Of like, yeah, yeah it's there. That's it's true. not. It's not. It's. It doesn't <laughs> carry this modern baggage that it that it did back then. Um, right. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of yeah. There was a lot of there. <laughs> <laughs> but the to build on what you just said, there there are some. Uh, Christian, and I'll purposely using this term, cults mm-hmm. that push polygamy in order to fulfill stories like this. Yeah, that you know, good enough for Jacob. Good, we got to do it. Um, but it's important to recognize that very relatively early on, Judaism rejected bigamy, mm-hmm. and certainly by the time of Jesus, it was long gone and banned. Yeah. So even so within the scripture we can find things that were okay at one point, not okay anymore, things that um were not okay, now it's okay. Mm. So you know, the scripture doesn't speak with a, a single ethical voice. Um so it's important to take the the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, um um and again, especially early on, one can kind of understand why, where that idea would evolve from only in that, like in, in that period of culture, as we kind of alluded to earlier when, uh, about the portion of the story that's not there, him dividing up his company. Um, Which also, you know, that really must have really felt good to <laughs> the plan B. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, and, and, and you see it in, in, those kind of uh, uh, you know even even all the way into like medieval uh, styled shows of like oh you you've got to protect your lineage you've mm-hmm. got to you have to marry you have to bear bear heirs you have to you know yeah that that concept was strong for a very long time and depending on the culture yeah. it's fair, yeah. there there are still some of that now i mean well, i yeah i'm not saying I, it's gone but... i've gotten great grief for the fact that i'm going to be the last of my line mm-hmm. uh because uh, i have two girls and so my family name gets to die with me well we'll go into that later but <laughs> <laughs> um I, i'll just quickly note that we are two dudes talking about this true and they're they're are cultures that were matriarchal Mm -hmm. and there are many many cultures that never had polygamy Mm -hmm. so it's not just a natural human state that the bible fixed sure 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 yeah yeah um i had a thought but i won't share that one Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um anything else about uh uh, about this uh his 11 his 11 kids um actually yeah wait real quick his 11 kids uh, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then we stopped counting. How come? <laughs> Are all 11 of these children's disappointment? 
Or did we just get, do we get tired? Do we just love a trifecta and we call it there? We don't know for sure. Okay. <laughs> Some of it is, okay, these are the only people who are going to matter down the road in this narrative. Um, but all, it's, again, there's Americans, we, we love to know someone's name. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck, let's let's do a Google search till we figure out who that guy in the crowd is. Whereas in Middle Eastern culture at this time, at the biblical time anyway, there was a protection of names. Mm. And so unless you needed to tell someone a fella's name, it was much more polite not to. Hmm. Because once you knew the name, you could cast spells on that person, do all sorts of mean and nasty things to him. Hmm. So since they weren't going to become part of the leadership um, narrative, it was protective of them not to give their names. Interesting. So does that give us power over Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? In, yeah. In a way? Yeah. Hmm. I've never and thought of they, that And they keep getting named to this day. And they're, they're all the jokes of Abraham in heaven going, what? Yeah. <laughs> someone invokes his name like leave me alone already (laughs) and the rest of jacob's kids are you know are sitting around going ha ha (laughs) we're gonna go play golf you gotta answer emails yeah there you go there you go well let's move on to our psalm shall we psalm 121 today the full 121 it's a good one i lift up my eyes to the hills from where will my help come my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Um, I can kind of see this as kind of uh, uh, almost like a bedtime prayer kind of a yes, kind of a thing. Yes. Do we have any any historical data on uh, Psalm one twenty one? We think it was um, written in the time of the existence of the temple in Jerusalem, because and we group it in what we call the. Um, Pilgrim Psalms. Okay. That people would pray that. as they're walking towards Jerusalem. Um, one of an, another title for this one put on by modern folks. Well, no, I'm just going to say by modern folks, but no, it was in the Hebrew, was a song of ascents, like oh. walking upwards. Oh, so as, as you're making your pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was. The pilgrimage journey itself would have been hazardous mm-hmm. because you had to walk through, first of all, you had to walk, and you had to walk through areas that were wilderness, and consequently, you're at risk of being robbed. There's no highway patrol out there. And so part of this psalm is, okay, how how am I going to get through this? Mm. One of the interesting... Um, reconstructions of what the scene may have been it you know the first one 
the first verse is, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where will my help come. Um, there's at least one scholar and probably more who thinks that this is what someone would be thinking as they looked up at the hills and hoped to see one of their lookouts from their party okay. up on the top of the hill. Um, because that would mean, okay, that lookout's still alive. <laughs> that means it's safe to go forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then verse 2 amplifies as, okay, I don't just have that human lookout. Uh, my help comes from the Lord who made right. heaven and earth. God's my lookout. Yeah. God's my God, centurion. God has my back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and verse 3 goes on with the, uh, the one who does not slumber because you're afraid of your lookouts falling asleep at night. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't actually say it with the, with, with the first uh, reading, but uh, since we have uh, a reference to Israel in the psalm, um, allows us to, to kind of have a back backdated conversation about <laughs> uh, uh, Jacob being called Israel and then Israel becoming the nation, uh, the nation, the, the the people, the land, the you know everything, um, yeah. um, which is kind of interesting because I I don't know as if we have another instance of you know what I mean like a like an, a nation being named after like and sharing a name with an right individual as I'm saying that out loud I'm trying to think if I can think of any other one in, in terms of biblical stuff no yeah. No one that you'd respect. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm thinking there might be some bad guys. That, well, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it would kind of lend itself a little bit more to that no, Hitler uh, land. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Worst theme park ever. Um, yeah. Uh, no safety bars on any ride. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's. One, one, one would understand it feeding into like a, a um, self-absorbed tyrant kind of a kind of a situation, but not not so much like, yeah, we're going to name, you know, we're going to be named after this individual. And, and but it also is it, the meaning of it's still crucial of God prevails. Yeah. So it's also a reminder that in your. Yeah. When you feel like going overboard with your patriotism for your land, it's like, oh, yeah, God's on top of all this. Right, that, right. That's who really um, deserves our ultimate allegiance. Yeah, and in a way, kind of, J Jacob gets robbed of this name anyways. Yeah. When you think about it, like, we call him Jacob. No, it's not Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Right, exactly. That's like, it's almost like the Israelites were like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good name. Doesn't suit you. <laughs> you know who it does suit? Us. All of us. All of us. I think that sounds like us. We all get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so in this instance here in Psalm 121, he who keeps Israel with neither sleep nor slumber, that's Israel the nation. Israel yeah. the people. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, uh, not, not a reference to our uh, out of hip socket uh, – uh, <laughs> Friend yeah. Jacob. And the other thing is that even as a nation, it's used in two different ways where before the exile, Babylonia taking into captivity most of the people, there were two kingdoms aligned usually, 
of Judah in Israel. Mm -hmm. After the exile, when people came back, they basically said, okay, we're just Israel. <laughs> we're, we're all going to use that. That's yeah. a great name. We'll call the whole area Israel. Right. Right, right. So even its very usage shifted through the centuries. Mm. Yeah. And um, of course, disappeared for a long time until the refounding of Israel. Yeah. It does use some language in here that is, is kind of interesting when you think about it, though. Um, uh, all of this language is very comforting as far as, like, you know, lifting your eyes up to the hills uh, and, and the Lord, the help comes from the Lord. He won't let your foot be moved. Uh, uh, he who keeps you will not slumber. He's going to tirelessly protect you. Uh, the Lord is your keeper and is your shade at your right hand. The language here, though, that maybe it's a translation thing. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. I've never been struck by the moon or the no. sun. Like at, at first, you you know, as you're first reading it, like, oh, yeah daylight strikes you know kind of pierces through the clouds and like that's that's just you know metaphorical but when it gets when it gets added to the later phrase nor the moon by night we've never used we don't use the word struck to talk about moonlight very much ever if at all so what's going on with this phrase because it does stand out to me just a little bit that there might be a translation thing maybe going on with it well i'm just it doesn't seem like there's a well oh, here's more it could it could be worse <laughs> it could be smite <laughs> hit beat slay oh, kill. yeah okay so this this language does have that harm oh, yeah factor to it fatally yeah so which is kind of weird Again, like your mind can go like, oh, yeah, well, you know, out in, if you're out in the sun too long, you don't have water, you could, you know, you could die of heat stroke. But again, partnered with nor the moon by night. Well, that doesn't happen. To you. I won I've wondered through the years um, without ever looking anything up on it. If it so I don't know if I'm completely wrong or not. If it has to do with being camping in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. you'd much rather have no moonlight if you're worried about other humans okay that having moonlight you just stand out on the landscape um because you're so different from the usual formations and brush and stuff that's there gotcha so yeah the the moon could lead to your death if it was too bright okay, okay. but that's completely on my own head okay that would that it makes as much sense as anything because yeah. yeah like i said it, initially it was you know is this metaphorical right is this you know i don't i don't know what this well, is well and part of it is the metaphorical part is god is making sure nothing harms us night and day right right keep you from all evil you will yeah. keep your life um what it, what about this last part though? The 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 Lord will it's it's such such weird phrasing uh in the translation ah. when you think about it. He will keep your going out and your coming in uh from this time on and forevermore. Um what is my going out and my coming in? Yeah. Your comings and goings? Yes and no. Okay. Um we suddenly switch from this 
wilderness image to a household image. Okay, yeah. Which I think is what you're saying. And one of the cool things, I think, in Jewish spiritual tradition is the coming and going through your the doorway, leaving home, is seen as a holy act. Right, because they have the Torah, uh, um, the bit of to- Torah on the on, door on the door jam, yeah, yeah, on the door frame, um, and and this psalm was written after that tradition had started. Okay, so it would have so people would have thought, oh yeah, you know, I'm supposed to pray every time, and God is with me there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it now. Gotcha. <laughs> um, you know, it really is supposed to draw them back into their daily. Um, spiritual routines and to break out of the routines sh- show how powerful they are. Mm, gotcha. Okay. So, you know, so, you know, an equivalent for us would be <laughs> every time I open the garage door, I should remember that God is with me in that moment and thereafter and before. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else about the psalm? This one's used for funerals. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people find it of great comfort. Um, for folks that live in mountainous areas, I'm thinking of when I lived out west and had was one place I lived was surrounded by uh, multi thousand foot peaks. It was very meaningful to think, you know, I just have to step outside and look up and be reminded of the presence of God. Mm-hmm. So it, and and there are many parts of the Holy Land that have similar views. So just looking up at the hills isn't just looking out for the lookout when you're in the middle of nowhere, but also looking at the geography that reminds you in a good way of how small you are and how wonderfully big God is. Right. Big reason why it's used with funerals. Yeah. Very good. Well, let's move on to our uh, gospel reading for the week. Luke 18, chapter chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them, and yet when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith. Will he find faith on earth? Um, the first thing that I'm struck by uh, here is, I don't know how often we have a parable. Uh, we, have, we have lots of parables in Luke, right? Uh, Luke, right. Is, Luke is the parable gospel. Um I don't know how often we have one where the explanation of the parable is kind of told to us, like right there up yeah, front. Yeah. Uh, that stands out to me as odd. Uh, then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Oh, so now you're helping us with the interpretation of the parable? Luke, thanks. Where were you on the other weird ones uh, all, all book long? Um, 
<laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And is this like I don't I don't I can't think well, of another but, one. But then look at the end, verse eight. Uh-huh. Uh And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Even though I've given you the answer, it's still up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, mean, um, I wonder I if that's an you're indication. You're not supposed to lose heart. Right. You're gonna lose heart. <laughs> I wonder if that's an indication of uh, Luke, the Gospel writer's frustration. Yeah, I like, think it is. Uh, uh, I think it's more likely to be the the writer than Jesus. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm just going to set this up so that you can realize how we're still not doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we're still falling short. I don't know why I'm writing this stuff down for you guys. <laughs> you just ignore whatever the I The gospel for dummies is an understatement. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, uh, I, can, I can also see the way that this starts off, uh, that there may be some people who... And depending on what the audience was like, who were like, oh, I know who this is about. <laughs> In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. Oh, I've been in front of that guy or my cousin right. went for arbitration there. And uh, that guy's an idiot. I know who you're talking about. What's his name? What's his name? <laughs> um. Yeah, and there's what's interesting about this is there's no there, there, the the story is almost skin deep as far as the story of the parable. Right. It's it is not it is, it doesn't go into any of the detail that you would want as a listener or a reader. Like, hey, let me tell you this story. There's this judge, and a widow uh, just comes in front of him and says, "Grant me justice against my opponent." Okay, who and why? And like, you know, yeah. what's the story? What's fair? Why is this guy going to side with just this widow? Uh, why is the judge going to, you know, agree to giving the widow what she wants because she's pestering him? Who's her op- opponent and how did they harm her? Mm-hmm. We like, want, we want to know. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because... Even, even though that's not the point of the story, that I think that goes very quickly to um, what our sense of justice actually is, which is like, I can't side until I know the you know yeah, the facts. Yeah, like, yeah, and this this story implies that the persistence of the woman. Re- reveals the justice of her cause. Right. Which we both know ain't always so. <laughs> ain't always so. But also mirrors some stories here in Luke. Yeah. That's there true. are some persistent women in, yeah. in these stories who get what they want by being persistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you could color that story uh, and those different stories because Jesus says like, go, your faith has made you well, or go, mm-hmm. you know, because of your, your, your faith in God, you know, you, this is, this has happened uh, in implying, Oh, Jesus already knew though. You know, he knows the story. He doesn't need to know, but does he? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, is that the reason is persistence maybe a key factor to, well, and that actually is the point. 
Okay. Because yeah. it's not about how do you win your court case. It's about how do you live even though Jesus has not come back to end the world yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what this whole story is a, focuses on, even though it never says that's a, what it's focusing on. Okay. Um, and so, essentially, the context is that followers of Christ after the resurrection, followers of Christ were getting impatient because, you know, you guys said we were all going to heaven in a week. Mm -hmm. And here we are two weeks later. Right. And so, to oversimplify, Luke went through his card file of Jesus stories and said, ah, this one works, and puts it in here. Um, and, you know, I'm purposely not saying that the author said, I got to come up with something. This sounds plausible. I'll mm. include that. I really do think that. Um, Luke and his buds, you know, talked about, you know, okay, what did Jesus say about this? Folks are really getting on our nerves about they want to be in heaven today. Mm. And, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that crazy story about the unjust judge. Um, let's put that in. Yeah, we'll tell them that one. Hmm. I, I do like I do like a character who uh, inner monologues so yes. so crazily. <laughs> Though I have no fear of God nor and no respect for anyone. Like who is this per <laughs> who is this caricature? Uh, um, um, but yeah, it, it's it, it is an interesting point that gets presented um, because us usually in a parable there's like the that that thing of and and and. This parable has one, but it's not. It, it's it, it's more mild in, in in my opinion, or maybe maybe I'm missing something. But it always has that thing of like, oh, that was totally unexpected. Um, yeah, and I think there's a reason for that in the translation. Okay, where it says, um, "I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming." Mm -hmm. It really should be translated. So that she might not finally come and slap me in the face. Oh, okay. <laughs> or give me a black eye. Okay. Literally a black eye. <laughs> not okay. figuratively black yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's scared of this woman taking it to the next step. <laughs> he's scared of the radicalizing of, of the widow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God knows what she'll do next. Yeah. Uh Interesting. I think it gives a lot more flavor to it, this. Story. It does because otherwise, like you're reading the story, and I'm like, yeah, I could understand why that might happen. You know, yeah. I know people like that. Like, good, I'll get. I, you know, I'm yeah. like that with my kids. That's the example good, I've heard fine. most often. Yeah, <laughs> fine, go do it. I don't care. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and in that regards, it makes the the story make quite a lot of sense to yeah. us because it's like, hey, if you're like that. With someone's persistence, you know, how much, how much more will, you know, will, mm -hmm. you know, will God, God, as yeah. long as you're praying to God and you're, you know, be yeah, persistent, yeah. be persistent. God will take care of you. See, and that's, I, I, you know, as you and I have talked about so many times by cleaning this up, it takes away the parable. Yeah. Feel. Yeah. Um, and so we get crazy preachers saying, 
yeah, we got to pray night and day for such and such to happen. Otherwise, it won't. You know, mm -hmm. God tells us here. And it's like, wait, are we going to slap God's face next? Right, right. <laughs> next step, preacher. Punch him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, so it's the spirit of you know, being persistent without the idea that that's how you get God to do something. Right. You know, it, it's, you know, it's just a whole different thing that this trans, that most English translations do it this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a possibility that the reason they do is they don't want folks to get radicalized in real life. Sure. Um, and one of the ways, yeah. So one of the ways you keep non-powered people um, pacified is saying, oh, just keep praying to God. Yeah. Wait for God to fix it. That's what this story tells us after all. Right. Instead of. I don't want you to hit me in the eye, so I'm, right. so I'm going to give you a fair wage. <laughs> yeah, well, and it, it it also makes sense of like uh, of of uh, uh, that not being a realistic approach. Yeah, like you know, the, the, when's that ever going to work? Yeah, really, you especially in Roman times. Yeah, you can't threaten God, so obviously that's not going to you yeah. know that's not going to work. But if you're if God finds you you know, faithful and persistent, he'll take care of you because, you know, he, doesn't, loves he you. doesn't need the threat. You're, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're, you're already right. And, mm -hmm. and, and after a just cause. And of course, of course, God will take care of you if that's, if that's your, your, yeah. your means. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to convince God of your case. Right. 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 So, um, it is, it is interesting, but yeah, I do, I, I do find that interesting that, that, tail end and yet when the son of man comes will he find faith on earth open question it makes me it makes me or find... will people go around slapping jesus <laughs> where have you been what <laughs> hey that's a mistranslation <laughs> stop it stop it <laughs> let me get a word in <laughs> um anything else uh about this reading here it 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 only occurs in the Gospel of Luke, like with so many parables. Okay. So, which makes it, just gives us one less tool to interpret it. Because we don't have, how how did Matthew and Mark uh -huh. share it differently? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, with that slap in the face, let's call to a close this year podcast for October 16th, 2022, the 19th Sunday after Pentecost in year C. Uh, we in, look forward to worshiping with you, uh, whatever, uh, whatever way you're able to worship this night, this coming week, eight and 10 in person, nine o'clock educational hour on Sunday, um, uh, for, for all ages, 10 o'clock service broadcast live on HFEC videos, uh, visit our website for everything going on, holyfamilyfishers.org. And until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.